You're watching Meet the Movie Press, and coming up, we're going to be talking about Suicide Squad 2, Matt Reeves directing The Batman, and a Raid remake from Joe Carnahan? Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. And now, here's Popcorn Talk's Meet the Movie Press. Good morning, everybody. Feeling very home. It's raining in LA. Yes. Are you staying at home to work today? Obviously not your hair, so it's kind of a redundant question. I know a lot of people who are not even leaving the house today because it's raining in LA. I know. uh, It's it's a state of emergency here in in California. Uh, No, I'm already over the hill. I am going to work today like a man. My name is Jeff Snyder. Or a woman. Or a woman. Or a woman. Or a woman. Sure. (laughs) There will be women at my work, too, so they are going as well. There will be women. Uh, (laughs) <laughs> I am Jeff Snyder, editor-in-chief of The Tracking Board, tracking-board.com. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at, at TheInSnyder. And with me, as always, is the man who strums my pain with his fingers, Simon Thompson. Two times. Two times. Two, two times. times. Uh, yeah, hello. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at ShowbizSimon. That was a very smooth opening today. You like I'm, that? I'm pleased with that one. I had to uh, write that and, down. <laughs> and Instagram at ShowbizSimon. Did it take you a week to think of that, or was that? I actually was... So... I got a new car. Yeah. I've been listening to all these old CDs, mm. and today was like my 90s like rap, like R&B mix. So I was listening to Killing Them Softly on the way up here. That's right. I, I just love the idea of you driving through Hollywood, listening to smooth 90s R&B. Oh, you, you wouldn't believe what was on these mixes. It was very <laughs> embarrassing. Bell Biv de Boo. Uh, um, yeah, but yeah, so you can find me on, on uh, Twitter at Shobie Simon, Instagram at Shobie Simon, Facebook, this is Simon Thompson, and various outlets from Reuters to the Forbes guys everywhere. To BBC. He's, just, he's omnipresent. Yeah, like a fart in a lift. And maybe he'll be in Suicide Squad too. Mm, maybe. <laughs> maybe he'll Apparently, pop up I'm on the there. list to direct it. Everybody everyone is. else is. So, that yeah. is where we're going to start this week, folks. The big news. Yep. Uh, basically, Mel, mm. this is Mel Gibson's job if he wants it. He needs to read the comics and, yep. and then see if he wants to proceed and try to make a deal. Yep. But Mel Gibson is the frontrunner to direct Suicide Squad 2, mm-hmm. although Daniel Espinosa, Jonathan Levine, and Ruben Fleischer are waiting in the wings. Simon, what do you think about that? I'm kind of undecided, actually. I mean, I, I like him as a director. Um, I really enjoyed Hacksaw Ridge. I only saw it quite recently. I really enjoyed that. Um, he, not long ago, said that Batman versus Superman was basically a pile of shit. <clears throat> so I don't think he's a great lover of the genre, which I think will right. actually could play in its favour. Because, as I've said before, yep. there are sometimes so many directors that are so... They're too close to it. They're too close to it. Yep. And I think because he's not close to it, and I think he'll look at it from a from a cinematic point of view, from yep. a director's point of view, as you would do with any other project, whether it's a rom-com or a horror, could be something that actually it needs. Now, I know there's still a lot of resistance to Mel Gibson because of that yep, stuff. Of course. Of course. Um, and understandable, serious stuff. But... He's a good director, and I, I think when it... I, first time, I thought it was a joke. Then I actually thought about it, and I was like, actually, that is not a bad idea, and it would be really good for Warner Brothers to bring someone in who has kudos as a director to do this. So, I think this is... I think this is awesome. Yeah. I think Mel, saying Mel Gibson is a good director is actually uh, understating things. I think he's a, a great director. Yeah, he is, yeah. Um, and the Suicide Squad sequel would be very lucky to have him. Yep. The DCEU would be very lucky to have him. I've you know, obviously been taking a lot of stuff on Twitter this week because I don't think that this necessarily will happen. I'd just be mm-hmm. so shocked and surprised if Mel Gibson did this after getting a directing nomination for Hacksaw Ridge. I don't know why he needs the headache of entering the DCEU. Yep. I don't know why he would basically want to inherit... Uh, David Ayer's vision and his cast. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, if you're going to do a superhero movie, why wouldn't you want to build yours from the ground up? Um, so I, I am a little... Conf- I was conflicted about the news in that way, where it's just like, oh, I, I want to get my hopes up, but I just... I can't imagine a world in which Mel Gibson would want to do this. <clears throat> but then again, he hasn't told him to go fuck off yet. Yeah. You know? Uh, Justin Kroll at Variety says that, that Mel Gibson really wants to work with Will Smith. Okay. Uh, and obviously, this is this is a cool ensemble that Warner Brothers has in place, and I imagine it would be very enticing for a director. Um, so, I think it would give it would, <clears throat> as a director. I think it would give Mel Gibson a chance to sort of flex some muscles that he hasn't flexed yet. I mean, he's done it as an actor, 
You know, he's done mm-hmm. the action stuff, he's done the lighter <clears throat> stuff, he's done some darker stuff. But he hasn't, as a, as a director, he hasn't done this kind of thing. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Which will bring him, from all of his films, to bring the elements of um, emotional attachment, really nicely drawn characters, something he really works very well with. You know, a, a gravitas. There's something in the darkness rather than it just being dark for the sake of it being dark. And I think there are great characters within Suicide Squad. We saw that, but they just weren't handled. It didn't draw anything out of them they were just two-dimensional Devin Faraci actually wrote a great thing on Facebook um, about why Mel Gibson would be so perfect for Mm. this as far you know like the the, the Suicide Squad is inherently dark you know they could make it they could make the sequel more violent especially depending on how Logan does if it does as well as I think that it's going to do uh, <laughs> now you saw that last night, but you can't talk about it. Right? I can't. Yeah, I, I can't I'm talk. I'm seeing it next week. I can't talk about Logan yet. Come, go to my Twitter page at one thirty. Uh, you know, and, and I'm going to weigh in. That's when the embargo lifts today. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I and I think my opinion is more valuable than some because you guys know that I don't love comic book movies. Yep. Uh, you know, there's people who are just going to love every single X Men movie and Wolverine movie. I'm not one of those people, and so I, I hope that you'll uh, check out the tracking board. Uh, I may I may write something, even though our critic is reviewing it separately. But anyway, Suicide Squad two, Mel Gibson, yep. like this guy. Do you know? Like I, I love talking about the difference between a classic and a masterpiece. Yep. I think that Braveheart is a classic, yep. but not a masterpiece. Yep. And I think that Apocalypto is yep. a masterpiece, but not a classic. Yep. Um, I, I'm just so shocked that. When you get a Best Director nomination, you can pretty much do whatever you want, and, and I'm surprised that he would want to do this. Uh, I know he's been trying to get a, you know, you know, a movie I, about the Demi- I, I get that, but I'm not surprised, because he his films have had a lot of success commercially. Not going to pretend that they're up there with like the likes of Transformers and stuff like that, because they're generally not, but... He hasn't done something like this. Probably the most mainstream film that he's done is Braveheart. Even though Hacksaw Ridge was a major release, it was, you know, it was through a major studio. I think this would be the most mainstream movie he's done since Braveheart. So I think oh, for sure. he could do with well, that commercial shot in although, the arm, mainstream shot, that he doesn't currently have. He has everything else you need as a great director, but he just doesn't it's been a while, it's not twenty years. Well, think of think of Passion of the Christ. Yeah. That that doesn't seem to strike us as commercial on the outside, but no. it's the most successful R-rated movie of all time. Yeah, which right? I mean, which I'm saying is that yeah, it, or it is. Or is. is that Deadpool now? Uh, it could be Deadpool, but yeah, I mean, I'm I'm talking. You know, when we talk about successful, successful, right. it was very successful, but we're not talking about billion dollar movies. We're not talking about almost a billion dollar yeah, yeah, movies. Yeah, I see. So, I see. Do you know, listen, it, this would be a real coup. Yeah. for the for Warner Brothers, for the DC universe, and for this movie, we'll see if it comes to fruition. Let's say Mel passes. Yeah. Which of these other three guys would you want to see? And and why is it all white males? Like, uh, I would I would have liked at least one other name in there. A oh, female director, a director of color, someone besides the usual suspects here. Uh, but but out of those other three, any you know anyone jump to the top? Not really. Yeah, I mean I think they're all solid choices. Someone I was surprised not to see on the list, but then some news around the same time this week kind of made it a bit more clear why perhaps this person wasn't there maybe they weren't considered but Joe Carnahan ah I see I would really like to see Joe Carnahan have a bash at one of these movies because again like Mel Gibson he does he does I would choreograph as well as direct. Carnahan's choreograph great. some really great character stuff mixed in with really strong action the, stuff. The, the, I actually think that you really don't you couldn't get closer to Ayer than going with Carnahan. I yeah. feel like Carnahan and Ayer are like almost the same filmmaker, but also the director um, of John, in a, in John a good in a good way. Uh, Chad, yeah, Chad um, Stalski. Yeah, I I really like what he did with John Wick too. I know he's obviously you know it's pretty much a given John Wick three is going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I would love to see him because the stuff that he did with John Wick 2, the violence and the, the action and the character, 
even when Keanu's not the best actor, but he really managed yeah. to bring that out and really tie it together I don't nicely. Know what's Beautiful. Gonna be, I don't know what's going to be next for Chad uh, if because he, if, he's attached to the Highlander movie. He is, yeah. So he is working. I spoke I to him about that a couple weeks how, ago. How far along that is? Anyway, Suicide Squad. That's uh, Squad Two. That's exciting news. But there was other huge news yeah. in the DC universe this week. And that was Matt Reeves coming on to direct the Batman. Yes. Broke at like 6.30 on my birthday last Friday. Of it course, I, it kept me in the office super late. Um, I kind of love it. I, I think mm. I think he's a really interesting director. I, I really liked Cloverfield. I loved uh, the Let the Right One In yep. remake. I loved his Apes movie. And I think this new Apes movie also looks dope. Yeah. This, this is awesome. No? Yeah, no, I, I 100% agree. Um, you know, genuinely really excited about that. And I think, you know, even though obviously Ben Affleck, you know, going slightly on a, uh, including another story in this, Ben Affleck rumors apparently he doesn't really want to be Batman anymore. Um, I think if that was a final We're gonna farewell get into that for after him, this, but yeah, let's focus I think on he would be someone that would really, would really handle that really, really nicely. I think we'd see a really nice round off there. Um, and it seems like he was always the guy that they were targeting to. Yeah. Um, I think he'd, I, I really think he would be a very solid choice. I have not. I don't think there's anything that he's done that I haven't really enjoyed he's or a, come he's away a nice impressed, guy. enthralled, and thoroughly entertained. Um, and he is a nice guy. Bor- Boris Kidd of the Hollywood Reporter said that uh, you know if it hadn't gone to Matt Reeves, the other two guys in the mix were Ridley Scott mm-hmm. and Fede Alvarez. That's pretty yeah. fucking interesting See, that Fede Ridley Alvarez. Scott was going to do potentially the Batman. Ridley Scott's Batman. Wow. Well, I mean, I, do you know, I'm I'm not entirely on board with that, but why the fuck not? I mean, he could perhaps take it a bit more towards where Nolan was with it. Yeah, maybe. Um, maybe he could do that. And yeah, and Fede Alvarez, uh, I'm glad that studios seem to recognize that he's capable of big things. He uh, is capable of big things. He's also a really big but restrained nerd. He mm-hmm. knows where to draw the line between passion and the project mm-hmm. and get that balance right. I just love that he's on these lists now. For yeah. these big studio gigs. Long overdue. Overdue. You um, know? So, yeah, congrats to Matt Reeves. Yeah. Uh, again, I think that's, Genius he's song. probably the best director that the DC Universe has actually brought on. And, of course, if, if Mel Gibson comes aboard, even better. Yeah. Uh, but, man, it's just such a mess over there. I just don't know why some of these guys want to involve themselves with that. I get with Batman, you can't turn down the chance to direct a solo Batman movie. Come on. But yeah. Suicide Squad 2, that's a head scratcher for me. Um, It'll, but whoever directs that will either save or kill that franchise. <clears throat> Yeah, pretty much. You know, um, you're either going to cut so, the head off a stake, and another will. So we'll there was there was a rumor on. about Ben Affleck not yeah. wanting to be Batman. Yeah. Uh, it came from John Campia yeah. at Collider. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and I and I love those guys over there. And I've said dumb shit about Campia in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this is not an attack on Campia at all. Like you know, like he just happens to be the one who who reported it, and I think other people had heard it as well. Um, so don't interpret it like that. But I took that with the huge grain of salt that it was issued with. Mm-hmm. I don't think that I think Ben Affleck is going to star in the Batman. I don't think Matt Reeves would be engaging if Affleck had his foot out the door. I think that there are also these things. It's crazy called um, what is it? Contracts. Contracts. Oh uh, yeah. And, and and so if you know Ben yeah. Affleck gets cold feet and doesn't want to be Batman, I, I just don't think he's, it's as easy as all right. Ben, he's not going to disappear before the Batman. Ya. He's not going to disappear before the Batman. Yeah, like, He'll do the Batman. I'd put listen, money. They on just that. made his passion project for the guy. I'm sorry yeah. it didn't work out. Uh, but yeah, I just don't see Ben Affleck reneging on his contract right. and bailing. Like you can't just be recasting Batman every few years. So, uh, ah, Spider Man. That's that's different. That's that totally is different. That is a different studio, yeah. a different property. But uh, so yeah, I, I wouldn't get too nervous about Ben Affleck no. leaving Batman. Um, and please, please, please don't interpret that on uh, attack on John or Collider or whatsoever. Uh, John said he had four or five sources, so I do not blame him for uh, going. But I could say, I mean, just from a time, how he's committed his time to that, I just could naturally see that as a progression. After the Batman, he hands it over to someone else. Right. You know, he's devoted a lot of years to this now, so it's fine. Um, talking of um, uh, talking of uh, moving Batman forward and, and Suicide Squad and all that kind of thing, and Justice League, um, there was a story this week about Lawrence Fishburne saying that he's not in Justice League. Now, I interviewed Lawrence for John Wick 2 a couple of weeks ago, and I, I actually brought this up and he you call him no. Lawrence or call him Larry? Everybody call calls Lawrence. him Larry. Really? Yeah. I wouldn't. Okay. Okay. 
Oh, sorry, sorry to interrupt. Go on, uh, tell me, fine. tell me. Um, so, yeah, so I was talking about it and I asked him and he said, no, he's not in Justice League, you know. But I asked about the Batman and, you know, moving forward with the DC Universe. And he actually said that he wasn't, you know, he hasn't had the conversations. He's not aware of, of, of Perry coming back. Mm-hmm. But he's very much open to that because he likes the character. And it's one of the few characters that he would actually genuinely like to return to. And he would be interested to see. But, it, you know, there is... He's not written into Justice League. Right. Well, I mean, I imagine there's not a lot of Clark Kent for him in there. It's not really about him and Batman. It's about the Justice League. But the Batman, he hasn't had any sort of conversations about that yet. Well, the Batman, that's a soul. He would be waiting for like a standalone sequel to Man of Steel, like a Superman 2. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's no reason he so would be he's, in the Batman. He's not, he, you know, he's, he's very open to it, and that door is very much still open to him, but there haven't been any conversations um, about it yet. Okay. Uh, what? Let's just end with comic book movies here. So the, the next X-Men is shooting this year, apparently? It is, yeah. It's going to start shooting this year. This came from Sophie Turner this week. Um, she actually spoke to... Uh, I could listen to you say me. Sophie Turner just Sophie over Turner. and over. Sophie Turner. Sophie Turner. Uh, she... Uh, uh, yeah, she spoke to ITN actually on the the red carpet at the um, at the Baftas uh, over the weekend. Uh, ITN, one of my clients from the UK, so shout out to them. Um, and they and she said that yeah, you know, she's going to be doing uh, that, and they are going to be shooting um, this year, which is which is good, which is interesting. That's, um, that's what I would have expected. Yeah. I, I'm liking kind of the reshuffling and the re, you know the refocusing and what they're looking to do with with some of the X Men stuff and expanding the galaxy at the moment. I'm still a little confused. Like I know there's a new mutants movie, but then there's also an X Men reboot potentially, there is, yeah, and potentially. then there's just. I watched Legion last night. Have you been watching? I this? haven't. I'm going to watch it this weekend. My wife is away this weekend, so I'm literally no, having. While the wife's away, Simon will watch Legion. Simon will cry and probably not be able to cook his own food. Um, <laughs> I'll get to food later, um, but yeah. So I'm, I've got a couple of things lined up, and that is on my um, to have a cup of tea and watch a bit of TV okay. list while I sit there in my underwear on my sofa crying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, what else is happening? Uh, well, let's let's um, talk. What well, we're talking about the, the the sequel there. I talked about um, Joe uh, Joe Carnahan. Yes, um, I would like to see him direct um, Suicide Squad two, but he has announced this week that he is going to direct the Raid reimagining uh, with Frank Grillo yeah. in the lead role. I love this. It's fu- first of all, it's fucking awesome. I love yeah. both these guys. Yeah. Uh, I, I've had oh, yeah. the, the pleasure of interacting with them a little bit. I got to uh, do a Q and A with Joe a few years back <laughs> mm. for um, you know his his like first short film and stuff. Uh, I love Narc. I love the Gray. Yeah. This is a great pairing. Um, now. I for, who was going to direct the the raid remake initially, the one that didn't get off the ground? Because Grillo was always sort of involved in the raid. Yes, uh, I, you know, I always think he w- he was going to start. He was, it. I don't he know was involved it was a, in the raid before he kind of became kind of the 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 Holly, purge guy. Yeah, the purge guy, the right. Hollywood name, where you mm-hmm. were like, oh, I know who Frank Grillo is. Yeah. He's that guy. Th- this is this is sick. Like Grillo is on that show, Kingdom. Like, yeah, he knows he knows how to fight as well. Yeah. I don't know if he would be the lead or or what the deal is uh, with that. Um, but yeah, I think they would. It's a reimagining. It's not going to be a straight remake. They're mm. going to have to do some stuff because they don't have you know eco waste. Yeah, uh, I, I think that they'll have to adapt a little because the fighting will not be like that. Yeah, uh, maybe it will, but uh, you know, it beats me. Um, but I like—I mean, I like both those guys. I love the raid. Is this going to go before Bad Boys Three? Because Bad Boys Three got pushed. Like, I don't know. If I don't he's know where it's scheduled. Like, do actually. this down and dirty. I'm assuming they're going to have to push this out sort of through quite quickly. Because when was Bad Boys is scheduled for the end of next year, right? I don't know when it's scheduled. Scheduled? So really Damn you! Um, I talk funny. I'll, I'll tell you right now. Like the yeah. names that we had heard back in the day for the raid remake were like Sam Jackson. Uh, Taylor Kitsch. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think if there was any other one. Kellen Lutz. I could see like Aaron Taylor Johnson as as the lead in this or yeah. something. Not not Kellen. Kellen Lutz, Lutz. is available. <laughs> I'm sure he he's is. available. Um, <laughs> so listen, any re- remake of the Raid is yeah. going to have the problem where it's compared to the original. I think that the Raid and, and its sequel are both incredible movies in very different ways, uh, but. You know what? If anyone's going to do it, I'm glad it's Joe and Frank. And they are framing it as a reimagining rather than a, a remake. So it's not going to be like a straight remake. I think they're going to do something a bit different with it and then take the heart. Yeah, the, the XYZ guys are involved, yeah. like uh, Joe and Frank's new company, War Party. Mm. So I'd love to see Frank Grillo and um, and Dolph Lundgren 
in an action movie together. I love Dolph, Dolph Lundgren. Lundgren. I love Dolph Lundgren. Did you see Kindergarten Cop 2? No. Then there you go. Um, it's because I love Dolph Lundgren. Yeah. I just want to see the good things I in d- Dolph. I just, I, Grillo is such a great story because, you know, I have yeah. actor friends who, mm. like, they're in their 30s now. They feel like they haven't made it yet. I'm like, look, look at Grillo. He made it late in his career. Now he's fucking kicking ass. Um, Michael Shannon made it late in his career. Yeah. He'd been acting for like 20 odd years. Yeah, I guess. He was a 20 year overnight success. Um, all right. So last week, uh, yeah. I got to eat crow on a couple of things. Yes. One was uh, Will Smith. I think I had mentioned, like, oh, you know, that's why they're pushing bad boys because mm-hmm. I guess Will Smith's uh, doing Dumbo. Will Smith apparently not doing Dumbo. Yeah, he we found out about yeah. t- 20 minutes later. After the show. <laughs> uh, like, oh, I don't, I know, what, I I don't like, know what happened it's... there. Uh, I don't know if Disney is just like, all right, this is a movie about an elephant, so we're not paying Will Smith his 20 million. Yeah. You know, uh, we'll find somebody else to do it. You hear those stories so often in Hollywood, though. Yeah, exactly. That's every other movie. Yeah. Um, so so I don't know if, if Suicide, Suicide Squad 2 is going to happen quicker or something. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know if Will's trying to uh, fit a, another movie into the slot. Um, so that was interesting. And then the other thing I had to eat crow on. We were talking last week about uh, Star Wars and how yes. Phoebe Waller-Bridge is going to mm-hmm. voice uh, the first significantly featured female droid. I obviously yep. was corrected on that a bajillion times by uh, the super Star Wars nerds across the internet. Um, I had said that I was a little disappointed in all these white British actresses being cast, right? Felicity Jones, Amelia Clark, yep. uh, Daisy Ridley. Like, let's get some actresses of color. And then, sure enough, uh, Tandy Newton joined the cast. She did. From Westworld mm-hmm. and Crash. Not uh, white. No. Uh, so, I don't know who she's playing. You know, a lot of people were like, oh, could she be playing Han Solo's wife? I'm like, there's a 20-year age difference between her and Alden, so I don't, hey. I don't think so. In space, no one can hear you swipe right on space Tinder. Right. Maybe it's a May-December thing. No, I, I don't think that that's the role. I don't know what the role is. I'd like to see them use I'd like to see them use her in a larger role than people like Gugu and Barter Raw have been used where she voiced the huh was it Gugu? Mm-mm. i don't know what you're talking about who lupita? no it was no it was lupita oh, sorry lupita. Canada, yeah um yeah and lupita was kind of wasted great character but i would have liked to have seen her in an on-screen role yeah i i, I think that she is on screen yeah. I, I don't think that she's cgi but what do i know um what else we got? Tim Minchin, your boy. Yes. In a film that I really, I was really disinterested in. Uh, we, I mean, we've had this conversation before, <laughs> Robin Hood Origins, because we need a Robin Hood movie like we need, um, you know, another Peter Pan movie. We just don't need them. I completely agree. Yeah. Well, I'm just not excited by I do not I wasn't care. excited by King Arthur, but I'm getting more into that. But then again, I like Ben-Hur, so what the fuck do I know? I, I like the idea of Ben-Hur. I hated the I film. I didn't know. like the film. I did not like Ben-Hur. No one liked Ben-Hur. Um, but yeah, so Tim Minchin uh, has signed on to play Friar Tuck in uh, Robin Hood Origins. Now, if you don't know who Tim Minchin is, he's an Australian comedian. He started out uh, writing songs, doing funny, funny parody right. songs. One about the Pope was perhaps one of his best known ones. Um, um, and so he did this, and he kind of then moved into acting, and he's done shows. He did the stage show of Matilda, uh, which was hugely successful in London, and it was very successful here in the States as well. Um, he hasn't done a lot of acting acting. He did a stage show. Californication. Yes. That's he what was I in, know him Yeah, from. he was in that. He did, he's done some acting on stage. He was in a, a like, tour of Jesus Christ like Superstar. A, a short Russell Brand he, to me. Yeah, yeah, but working. <laughs> and um, okay, yeah, uh, and yeah, I really like the idea because I think he's going to bring something really interesting, funny, and cheeky, and really intelligent to this this role. I would, I'm amazed that he's not been cast in stuff beforehand. When you've had the likes of bless him, Stephen Merchant appearing in movies and doing well, but not exactly blowing anybody away. But the likes of Tim Minchin haven't crossed over to do movies yet. I'm genuinely, I think this will be an absolute jewel in their crown for this. A jewel in the crown. A jewel in the crown. I like it. He was going to do, I think, I don't know if, it, if he's doing it or not, or um, if it's already done. Mm. The, the, I think it's a DreamWorks animation thing called Larrikins. And the whole, like, voice oh, God, cast. I remember hearing about yeah, that. The whole, yeah, the whole voice cast is Australian, like Jackie Weaver and whatever. Um... Tim mentioned, uh, I, you know who I'd heard was going to get this uh, initially? They must have passed. Uh, or maybe it was a scheduling or money thing. I don't fucking know. But uh, Jermaine Clement. Cool. Um, Cannot get it, enough. It's, it's an interesting cast. They have Jamie Foxx, Taryn Egerton, um, a couple other folks. Yeah. Jamie Dornan, right? Yeah. So, yeah. And I, I we'll love see. Taryn. I think he's great. 
I didn't like him in Sing, but I didn't really like Sing. Uh, and this director, Otto Bathurst, he's a Peaky Blinders guy, I believe. I believe so. I'm not really familiar with with his work. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, one thing I was quite interested to hear, I mean, it was well, not a mis- massive surprise, but, uh, you know, it was still a nice thing to hear, was um, Mulan, the live-action Mulan founder-director this week. Yes, Nikki Caro. Yeah. I really like this call. Best so- known for Whale Rider, of course. Yeah, I never saw Whale Rider, so that's not what she's best known for to me. But I love, I really, really liked McFarlane USA mm-hmm. uh, a couple years ago, another Disney movie. Uh, clearly, they had a good experience with her because they're bringing her back. Now, everyone thought that they were going to be hiring an Asian filmmaker for this. So, in that sense, there's a twinge of disappointment because they, re- they, they actually came out and said that. They were like, we are searching yeah. for an Asian director. Ang Lee was in the, the uh, They went for to this, Ang Lee and yeah. he, he cor- you know, probably correctly passed. Um, and, and they also went to, I think it's uh, Zhang Wen, okay. who played Baze Malbus yeah. in, uh, in, in Rogue One. Anyways, they didn't wind up with an Asian filmmaker, but they did get a female filmmaker, uh, which is great. I think that she is, uh, she's more than capable. Um, oh, God, yeah. Yeah, she. I think. I think she's absolutely terrific, and so she is going to be the second woman to direct a hundred million dollar, you know, budgeted film at Disney. Oh, who's th- the first? I, uh, Ava DuVernay, who's doing Wrinkle in Time now. Of course. So yeah. I, I just think Nikki Caro is totally up to the task. She's she's a pro. Uh, yeah. No, I'm really. I mean, I'm. I'll be honest with you. The, the Disney live action movies they've kind of had a fifty fifty hit rate with me. Um, you know, I re I really enjoyed Maleficent. I wasn't a didn't great fan of Cinderella. S- didn't see either one. I mean, they're they're not really. I mean, I, they're not exactly the kind of film that I would expect you to want to rush out and I'm see. I'm going to see Beauty and the Beast though. Yeah, I'm Beauty and the that. Beast. I'm really interested to see. I mean, I know people that I've said before. I know people that worked on it, and they, you know, they they've spoken very highly of the film as mm-hmm. it was being made. Um, and people don't always do that when they work on movies. Sometimes you know it's going to be a shit show. Mm-hmm. But they're genuinely really excited about that. So I am, and I like the cast. I like Josh Gad. I like Luke. You know, I like sure everybody in that. To be honest with you, Dan Stevens. And so Nikki Caro now working with Disney and a whole bunch of uh, you know their their China based team, Chinese consultants to yeah. find to they're searching mainland China and mm-hmm. right now for their Mulan, uh, and this is going to have a primarily Chinese cast. Uh, yeah, thumb, thumbs up and congrats to, to Nikki Caro. Uh, happy for her. Um, let's take a pause for a second let's. because obviously this show. I mean, we love people watching it. We love doing it. Right, but they but have to eat too. They, they ha- can't they, just be watching well, eat the movie. They press. do have to eat, and the reason that people don't have to pay for this stuff is because occasionally we do adverts for people, which is reasonable. I mean, I wish I wish we were doing jingles because I really like to sing. But go on, I could do voiceovers. I could do voiceovers. You're doing one, one right now. Blue Apron. Uh, yeah, so the reason that you get to watch this for free and tell all your friends, you can subscribe, you know, on, on YouTube and you can on, on iTunes. But the reason we do it is because of thanks to companies like Blue Apron, who every single week we get to do stuff like this, which pays our bills. Now, Blue Apron, as I've said before, is the number one fresh ingredient and recipe delivery service in the US. Um, their mission is to make incredible home cooking accessible to everyone, even if you're not very good at cooking. Uh, and the reason is because when they ship the stuff to you, for these for these meals it's the exact amount of each ingredient which is required for the recipe so there's no waste you don't have to do anything it's all there you just got to put it together um you know, lots of different things coming up over the next couple of weeks. There's cashew chicken stir fry with tango, um, tango mandarins and jasmine rice. There's roast pork with apple, walnut and farro salad. Uh, crispy barramundi fish with quinoa and roasted uh, carrot salad. Now, if you want to check out this week's menu, you need to go. Uh, you need to go to the website blueapron.com/meet m double e t, and also you get your first three meals free, and the shipping is free as well, which is awesome. So that's three free meals. It's equivalent to like $10 a meal, which is awesome. Um, you will love how it feels. You love how it tastes. It'll you create an incredible it home. Seriously. <laughs> Am I weird? I like... The, the, like, the way that it makes that now, it will maybe make you I'm, feel? Maybe I'm weird, but I like the sensation of food in my mouth sometimes. The texture of food. Oh, okay. And Blue Apron delivers that. Okay, good. Well, they do because of all the ingredients and the way it's put they, together. What it's can't do- this company do? Well, it's, it's amazing. Awesome. So go to blueapron.com slash meet M-E-E-T. Uh, don't wait. Uh, and obviously, you know, thanks to Blue Apron, uh, it's a better way to cook. Yes. And they mean that you get to watch this nonsense for free. You don't have to pay for it. I love it. So thank you. Thank so you, blueapron.com. Sorry, movies. All right. Um, uh, movies and food. We've got, okay, here, here's the movie I, I really wanted to talk about yeah. today. The Scarface remake. 
Mm. The Cohen brothers mm. have come on to polish the script, yeah. which is very exciting. They've been doing a lot of polishes lately. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> kids are in college. And uh, David McKenzie and Peter Berg are the frontrunners to direct this movie. Peter Berg, I would say yes, please. I mean, I th- I'd be happy with either one. Mm. Um, you know, they both worked on Hell or High Water, Peter Berg, which Peter yep. Berg produced. Yep. Um, you know, I've talked a lot about Peter Berg on the show. I love Patriot's Day and Lone Survivor and mm. Deep Water. Uh, I-, I don't think that they can really go wrong. Although I think, I think McKenzie's probably the better call here. Okay. Um, Why'd you say that? I don't know. I, I, because he's not American, actually. I think that this is an outsider's story. I think it needs to be told by someone who is not an American. But uh, Will there be a 30% import tax on <laughs> a non-American director coming over I'm here? I'm still not the biggest fan of Diego Luna as Scarface. He's just so no, little, I, but No, I mean, I... I I genuinely, I don't think Rogue One was his best performance. Yeah, I and, and, and he like, can do better. He has done better when he actually I goes. I liked him in uh, what is it, Elysium? Yeah, yeah. You know, when he gets a bit of fire in his belly, I think he's really good. But Rogue One, to me, he, he was, kind of he was flat. He kind boring, of held held back a little bit. But you know, and maybe that's the script as much uh, as it was his performance. But yeah, I, I just thought that character was a little flat. I like watching him though. I think visually, he's really pleasant. I just wanted to see like in a, a newcomer scene. in in this role, or uh, somebody you know a little less familiar. I think he's a very safe choice. Mm. That said, getting the Coen Brothers to work on this script, a great call. Yeah, really good. Uh, they obviously deliver some just juicy dialogue. Yeah, and Scarface had a lot of uh, really memorable lines. Maybe they'll uh, put uh, put a modern twist on some of them. Uh, and speaking of modern twists. Yes. Actually, not really. The Halloween movie. Yeah. Uh, they're they're going to ignore a whole bunch of sequels and basically just well, pick pretty up much all a- the sequels. Yeah. Pick up after Halloween. Well, pick up after Halloween too, though. So yeah. that's a sequel. So what is? I mean, what is? You've seen all the Halloween movies, or pretty much most of them, right? I have. I don't think I saw the last one with like Buster Rhymes. Yeah. You're, yeah. You're, <laughs> I think no, I missed the Buster Rhymes. I don't think Cinema Goers went to see that. That was Halloween H two O, wasn't I, it? Well, I, I did well, it was see a reality H- show I did in a house. H2O. Oh, wasn't was there terrible. more? There's like resurrection. There's like oh, that, a yeah, there was resurrection after that. Was, that's right. It was movies. terrible. But yes, um, I have seen them all. I'm so, a film that I've grown to love over the years was Halloween Three: Season of the Witch, which is the last one that I saw. Which I watched the, it yeah. just like a month or two ago. Yeah, which is not connected to the first two at all. Yeah, well, I I've really it. grown to appreciate that movie over the years. Me too. So, but all that's out the window. Yeah. Danny McBride, David Gordon Green, uh, you know. Going straight to the fans and letting them know we're going to be picking this up after the Halloween 2. Um, so I don't know if it'll like be set in, in modern day and just have the, yep. the mythology that was in 1 or 2. Or if it's like the same way Halloween 2 picked up right after Halloween 1. If they're going to pick up right after Halloween 2, that would kind of be cool. It would be cool. It would also then kind like of restrict movie. them. Yeah, it would restrict them to when that can actually be, be featured. But... Um... I'm. I, I like the Halloween franchise. Certainly, the start of it. I like the the story there. Um, I'm genuinely excited. I'm not I excited agree. to see it, many sort of horror reboots. But I listen. I'm that is that is why those movies, uh, Halloween, Freddy Krueger, Jason Voorhees, and yeah. Chucky. That is why they have endured because they have an interesting mythology. Mm. I think. Uh, I'm getting genuinely excited when I see set photos from the the new Chucky movie. Because that's oh, really? being made at the moment, and I, I genuinely am excited. I want, to, be I want to see that. the new Leatherface. I, I've heard that there is yeah. a little. I saw a, that story this week. Yeah, it's uh, up in the. I mean, yeah, um, it's, it's up in the air whether it's going to get like a VOD release or any kind of theatrical. But uh, I, I've heard it's fucking cool. There are there are shit horror films that get theatrical releases. There is unless it really stinks. There is right. I mean, the last te- Texas Chainsaw Massacre one that came out what was that four four years ago. The one that was in three D. Right. Yeah. 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 Terrible. I didn't, I never saw it. I went to the theater. Yeah, and they couldn't get the 3D to play, and we all went home. It wouldn't have improved it. it, it really wouldn't have improved. It was just the the last two that have been made. There was one that was made a couple of years ago, kind of like with the younger the, the younger like let's put teens or young adults in it, uh, kind of trying to do what they did with the Hills Have Eyes, and it just that wasn't good. So the Hills I, have I, eyes. I would yeah, it was okay. No, I like the Hills Have Eyes, but this this Texas Chainsaw Massacre one they did okay, okay. wasn't wasn't great. So. Um... We've got... Uh, Talking to horror directors, Sam Raimi. Sam Raimi! Not directing a horror, but... Bermuda Triangle. Yeah. 
I am a big fan of like disaster movies from the 70s and 80s. It's it's a shitty genre that I genuinely really enjoy like earthquake, airports, Poseidon, the towering series, Inferno. towering inferno. So the thought of something that is of that genre in the Bermuda Triangle where stuff disappears, uh, there's so much that he could do and I I didn't love Oz but I love what Sam Raimi did with Oz, uh-huh. and I like. I really enjoyed his Spider-Man movies. I'm I'm pretty pretty happy about this, if I'm honest. Um, I think it's interesting. It all kind of depends on what direction they go in. <laughs> Zing. <laughs> uh, anyways, there's a bajillion Bermuda Triangle movies that have been in development. Mm. None of them have gotten off the ground, and none of them have even They've really all disappeared. released. None of them have really released They've log lines because they don't want to the others to know what is going on yeah. in that mist so to speak um i have a bad feeling about this <laughs> bad feeling as in you think it'll suck or bad feeling it as was you like, just don't think it'll happen oh no 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 i i, I think it could happen uh it's skydance you know um nobody tells them what to make but uh nobody puts skydance in a corner that's right i just have a feeling that this is going to be like aliens or monsters are making these things disappear in that I'm in. area take my money just it's gonna take be... my money Come on, that could be a lot of fun. I, I, I would have liked. To, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. It remains to be seen. <laughs> I do think Sam Raimi's been slipping in recent years. Yes, uh, fair. The Spider-Man movies are firmly in the rear view at this point. Uh, I'm not a drag me to hell. Yeah, guy. but Spider. Really? Oh, no. I've enjoyed that. But Spider-Man Two. Come on, that's up there as one of the greatest it's, superhero it's, movies. Hey, of it's them great. All. Listen, Sam Raimi's Dark Man is better than all the Spider-Man movies. Uh, you ever see Dark Man? Did Liam I? Neeson? Yeah, I did. Yeah, Liam Neeson as Dark Man. That's a fantastic yeah. superhero movie. Mm-hmm. Um, this is not a superhero movie. It is not. A lot of his ghost house stuff has been weak. So fair. That is fair, actually. Yeah. So I, I'm mixed. Uh, always good to see Sam Raimi directing again, but I don't know. Bermuda Triangle feels like it could have been anybody. Mm. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy sequel got a 100 test screening score. Did you see that story this week? I did not, but that does not surprise me. Neither it doesn't surprise me either when you when you know that Marvel doesn't test movies the same way that other studios do, mm. and that this was mainly a friends and family screening. See that like, does skew it. I, I just I don't even know why you would want this story out or why it was it was it was a head scratcher. I felt like it put, it puts all these huge expectations hmm. on this movie. Is it supposed to get people excited as if they already weren't excited? It just seems. A little unfair and also a little bogus because these are not real test scores. You know? I think the fact that it is friends and family does slightly mean that it's going to get... Test scores are bullshit anyways, man. Like, you know how many movies have low test scores that turn out to be amazing and and vice versa? You know, this got a 92 with, like, the the top uh, box checked 90%. Like, it's all bullshit to me. You sounded exactly like someone who... Works on those who, who does, test scores. Who does, right. I, I talk like this because I deal with numbers. I don't know. It was just uh, a weird story to see. I mean, they, they, they don't have to hype anticipation for this movie because people are psyched about it. I think it's one of, uh, of the, say, the top ten movies coming out this summer. It's definitely up there. I'll, with, tell, you, I'll tell you what. You know, in the top three that people are most excited about? Put it this way. If Guardians of the Galaxy is the best comic book movie of the first six months of this year yeah. i i will be shocked okay i know this is going but you can't which, take it which, there. Is, which is a little hint yeah okay um i, I mean i I'll, I'll hold my hands up i thought that the first guardians of the galaxy was was really gonna suck i really thought it was gonna be i thought it was gonna be a terrible idea this is, this is i didn't be, think it was gonna work I, and it worked brilliantly and i was horribly horribly wrong and james gunn a director that i love has did a, did a remarkable job I'm very curious to see this. I'm very excited about it. But the first one was so strong. We're all excited it's for tough. it. It's so. tough. It's going to be high. Talking talking of James Gunn, James Gunn um, obviously worked uh, with Troma at the beginning of his career. Still has yeah. a really good relationship with Lloyd Kaufman, who 
I spoke to this week for Forbes. Very cool. Yeah. Um, He's a legend. Well, I spoke to him a couple of weeks ago. It's a really interesting piece, actually. Um, that I, I, I stuck it up on Forbes this week. So if you go to Forbes and search my name, Simon Thompson, you'll find it. Or if you just Google uh, Simon Thompson Troma. Um, it's about basically talking about how they started out making um, half a million dollar movies and how that's not really viable these days. They've changed their business model. So if you're interested in that side of the industry, says some very interesting things about how he thinks Trump will affect access to movies and getting movies and stuff out there um uh, and a few other things in there and he talks about the relationship that he has with people like james gunn and trey parker and matt stone and jj abrams well, obviously, all these guys grew up watching movie. those trauma yeah. movies by the way a donald trump trauma movie would be incredible i did float that idea with him. i'm so sick of donald trump i hate that snl <laughs> opens every week you know with a political sketch I think donald trump's all, sick of donald trump all right these now. all these fucking yeah. you know mini series that are now being written about the election yeah. like there's so many projects it's like hollywood is just they speak out of both sides of their mouth they they can't stand the guy but they all want to make money off of uh him um so i'm i'm like totally sick of seeing all these projects announced but a trauma project with donald trump that i would fucking see yeah uh, there's a whole bunch of interest, like uh, sort of deeper topics I wanted to bring up this week. Okay, if you're game for it? We yeah, only yeah, have absolutely. a few minutes. Um, have, you, have you heard anything about uh, a WGA strike? No, I haven't. Tell me. Writer, uh, writer's strike is in the air right now, uh, and you know I've been conflicted about covering it uh, for the, the tracking board. Um, I don't really. I really haven't seen the trades delve into it very much. I mean, mm-hmm. so the writers, uh, con- the, the guild contract comes up in like 70 days or whatever. Yeah. Um, and, you know, anytime you're at the negotiating table, you have to be prepared for that stance sure. of, you know, we're going to strike. I just feel like the last time uh, that that happened, everybody got hurt. Mm-hmm. I don't think writers really made the gains that they were hoping for. Um, but, I, I, you know, I did want to take the opportunity to plug Richard Rushfield's new newsletter, The Ankler. Have you know Richard Rushfield? No, no, I don't. He used to run HitFix. Uh, he's, he's been a big editor all, oh, all over town. Yes, context. I get um, it. So, yeah, he, he just started this newsletter. And if you uh, love movies and, and talking about the business, as we do here on Meet the Movie Press, go to theankler.com, A-N-K-L-E-R, mm. uh, and subscribe to Richard's newsletter because uh, it's really interesting. And he's been talking a little bit about the writer's strike. So so there are rumblings of that around town, but uh, I don't. I don't think that it'll happen this time. I, I I don't think it'll happen. I mean, obviously, we all remember, you know, the the, the last one that happened. Obviously, one of the one of the biggest, um, I'll say, casualties of that was the Transformers sequel, where they right move, projects got killed, projects, all kinds of stuff. loads of good projects got killed, and that went ahead basically without a script because they had to cobble right. shit together. Right, that's the thing. The projects either died off or they got made, but yeah. like without real script because it had gone to, and it was just. Which is one of the reasons that it's not that good for was anybody. just terrible, and are it's you, not good for. You're audiences. not in the Writers Guild, are you? I am currently not in the Writers. Are you Guild, in the PGA no. though? No, I'm no? not. But but you have but you produce. You just got to. I do. I need to join. I it, I have a list of things to do um, after my taxes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's sexy. Uh, yeah, so I, I have a list of things to do at the moment. Actually, um, where you know I, that is on my list. I have a number of organisations, foreign press. Um, I need to to. Hollywood Farm Press and he's joined as well and a few other groups so yeah yeah dude get in no, there I, I do need to do that so. um, Den- there's been a lot of talk this week about Denzel Washington's making a surge for best actor apparently a majority of the gurus of gold are now predicting a Denzel win over Casey Affleck to me that would be blasphemy say whatever you want about Den- uh, Casey's past and, and you know what he uh, is accused of I think mm. his performance stands head and shoulders as the best thing I've seen all year would you be shocked by a Denzel win? Like, is this just the sort of, we need something to talk about after s- talking about the same thing for six months, and so we need yes. maybe the element, let's introduce the uh, I think potential as far element as, of surprise? I think as far as Manchester by the Sea, I think for that, as, you know, I, I know it's a very well-loved movie and it's had fantastic reviews, but I think that came out of the gates a little bit early. I'm surprised that La La Land, as much as I love that movie, um, has managed to sustain because they started pushing that movie at Venice last year. Right. So that has been we've been talking about La La Land for like eight months, which is this is it's very rare that you talk about a movie consistently for eight months. It feels like award season has been endless. Yes. 
Um, and I, so I think, and I think it could be right because I think a lot of people. Fences has only opened in the UK now. You know, it opened in the US around the holidays, but in many markets, it's only just coming through. So there, it's a new movie. Hidden Figures only opens in the UK uh, this week. Is this going to be a po- a popularity contest where everybody loves Denzel and everybody? You know, he gives a good speech, and Casey kind of gets up there, get, gets up there and mumbles, and like maybe doesn't have the same personality or whatever i mean I, I don't feel this way but other people do well i, I don't i mean it's it, personally it's difficult to to call because they both give great performances in very sure, different that ways sounds great too but so i it's like it's you know it's like comparing apples and oranges you know i but i do i think it could happen yes i think it could do you happen. think the academy should be taking casey's pass because it, it seems like that is really like what this is turning on no i just i don't think so i either. don't think so now now here's another interesting thing this is this is another topic on my list uh, and Fleming wrote a, a, a good piece on it yesterday. It's obviously been in the ether. Um, the, the foreign language Oscar yeah. nominees are mm-hmm. worried that everyone is going to vote for Asghar Farhadi because of the ban. Yeah, uh, you know the, the travel ban, uh, and he's not going to be attending the ceremony. Um, you know, so a lot of voters have sort of expressed like, you know, I'm going to be sympathetic to the cause and everything and, and vote for him or mm. that, a, or that a vote for, for him and the salesman would symbolize a vote against Donald Trump. I, I, I think that this is unfortunately an accurate narrative. Um, and it's depressing, you know, like if I was the director of one of those other four movies, I'd feel like Trump almost cost me an Oscar with this travel ban. Where do you kind of fall on this? Yeah, yep. I think I. Yeah, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me. I think this year I've seen quite a few of the foreign language entries, and it's a it's a very strong category this year. Do I think the salesman is the best movie? I don't. I think it's a great movie. I don't think in the category it's the best movie. I could see that happening, but also while the Oscars are going on a week on Sunday, as we're doing this live, um, there's actually going to be a screening of The Salesman in central London, mm-hmm. which everybody in London can go to for free, at taking place at the same time, because obviously, potentially, these people might not be allowed into the country. It's not the only film affected. There's um, a man called Uwe, which is the Swedish entry. There's um, She's not nominated, but she uh, might be coming if she can come into the country. Um, there's a woman who plays the Iranian neighbor of the um, of the main the main uh, character, mm-hmm. uh, and she might not be allowed to come. So if they want to have the whole team from the film to go up there to, to accept the award, there's a chance because she's Iranian that she might not be allowed into the country currently. So this does it affects more than people just, in more categories across I the Oscars see. than just the salesman. I just I think the point of the item was just like I want people to vote for the best movie and not and forget about all these other. Things. Oh, I don't know it if people be. can do that if they can put those things, you know, in the back of their mind and compartmentalize. It's it's uh, it's difficult. I mean, we've seen it kind of before, where as, as great movies as they've been, we've seen, um, you know, in the Oscars and other award ceremonies, we we do tend to see issues. You know, it tends to be issue voting or an issue movie or something. Mm-hmm. It, it does happen in the industry. It's kind of inevitable because these things also have the benefit then of throwing really important light on very important issues. So I think the salesman, you know, does do that. Um, but yeah, I just don't. I don't know. I mean, who should win? I'm not quite sure. I mean, do I think I had a conversation earlier about La La Land and Moonlight? Where do I think that will lie? And I'm like, my heart says La La Land, but I've got a feeling that it might go to Moonlight. That would be a shocker. Which would be a shocker. But I think then I think there's that kind of there is this checks and balances thing where oh we've given La La Land it's like eleven nominations or something like that. Fourteen. It, fourteen. Dude. Fourteen. Yeah. Um, you know, where it's like, okay, well you've won eight for this, so maybe you don't win these awards. I think there might be a little bit of checks and balances. But I mean, ultimately we don't know till the night. But I mean what if either of them win, it's cause they've they've they did a great job mm-hmm. acting, which is their job. So it's, it's going to be a showdown yeah. for sure. Um, there was a, uh, we're going to do a, a, light, a lightning round uh, cool. round to wrap up, but there was one more thing I, I want to have a minute or two sure. discussion. Did you see the thing about the EEOC this week? Uh, the, the the lawsuits from female directors against the studios and and the government ruled that the studios did in fact discriminate against women. I did see something about that. Yeah, that, like that was interesting, and and the studios pushing back against a perceived like Rooney rule that they would have to interview uh, minority directors mm-hmm. essentially uh, for each project. Like this is Which this I is, think is complicated good. stuff. So you think that the Rooney rule is good? I think I think you. Sh- I mean, everybody should be considered for a job because they're good for a job. I think that's fantastic. But I think there is a massive lack of representation from a fresh talent and minority talent. Okay. 
I, I think that something has to be done about that, but I I do not think a, a Rooney rule is a good idea. I think that there's been a lot of pushback against that in the NFL, where teams just bring in, you know, a, you shouldn't a, do it just because someone. But that, that's a that's what the Rooney rule is. That's what think, it is. I think it should be a case of where you have to include a certain number of people who are of an ethnic minority, but they don't necessarily have to get the job. But you should give them the chance. Why? Why? Why does there need to be a them at all? Like, to, to, like, what if a studio just wants? I want to hire Chris Nolan. Chris Nolan's interested. I want to hire him. Why do I need to consider these other people who the government is telling me I have to consider? Like, I just think you know? I, I just think we need more representation. I think we I, should. I think so sometimes too. you have to force the hand to make an issue get heard, and I think then it will na- from there it will naturally and organically. I think that that is some very complicated territory it is complicated. that the government is wading into. I just feel like. If but I'm we can't, putting we up can't, $100 million, I want to be able to hire who I want. Yeah, I'm not saying... Yeah, but I, either side, you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't, you know? That's, but I think we should the open part. these doors, so... I, I agree, I agree. Okay, let's talk about um, movies coming out this weekend as well, President's Day weekend okay, here you, in you the do US. That. Yeah, okay, yeah. Uh, Great Wall um, came out last night. Didn't, I'm not seeing this. Did you see this? I had the opportunity to go and see it this week, and I just I had too yes. many other things that I, I needed to do, and it wasn't a priority. Um, Thursday um, opened with 970,000. It's looking at a weekend of about 17 million, which is quite soft considering the budget. It's yep. done okay in China already. Fist Fight really does not look funny. I saw it. Really, I, I I enjoyed it for what it was. I you know I thought it was a guilty pleasure. Mm. I enjoyed some of the kids in it. Uh, but no, it's a very thin premise stretched to Look, Looking to open around the same, about 17 million. Okay. Uh, it took about 600,000 last night. And Cure for Wellness opened last night with 300,000, which is pretty soft. It's only looking to pull in six or eight this weekend. I think that film's pretty much dead in the water, the unfortunately. Reviews, the reviews killed that movie, um, and it's runtime of just two and a half hours. Yeah, it's, just, it's not appealing. It's crazy. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's end the show uh, with a quick uh, rundown of everything we missed. Sure. Uh, Joaquin Phoenix got two new co-stars, Jake Gyllenhaal yes. joining uh, him and John C. Riley in The Sisters brothers yep. and jack black joining joaquin in a new gus van sant movie mm-hmm. that's pretty cool jared leto making his directorial debut with the crime thriller I 77 i'm really interested to see this it seems like an odd choice for a directorial debut i thought he might want to do something a little bit more personal but yeah. he just wants a chance to get behind the, the camera that's fine mm-hmm. uh constance Wu starring in john chu's crazy rich asians movie yes uh, I don't watch Fresh Off the Boat, but people tell me she's fantastic in it. I don't like the show, but I like her in it. Okay. Uh, Amblin Partners picked up a hot spec called Ruthless, which has been described as a female John Wick. Which actress would you want to see play like a, a female John Wick, real quick? Uh, Naomi Rapace. <laughs> okay. Wow. <laughs> uh, Carrie Fukunaga directing the, an A-bomb movie called Shockwave for mm. Universal. Jeremy Saulnier, the uh, director of... Uh, Green Room and Blue Ruin. He, yep. he cast up his his new movie, Hold the Dark. It's Green Room, star, love uh, that movie. Yeah, definitely check that so out if you good. haven't seen it. Jeffrey Wright, James Badgedale, and Alexander Skarsgård are in that film. Mahershala Ali yep. joined Triple Frontier with mm-hmm. Tom Hardy and Channing Tatum. Jurassic World added James Cromwell and Taylor Very Levine. excited about that. And that'll probably do it for us. Yep. Uh, Simon, where can the good folks find you? You can find me on Instagram and Twitter, at Simon and on Facebook, this is Simon Thompson. Also, don't forget that uh, if you go to blueapron.com slash meet, M-double-E-T, you can get your first three meals free with free shipping. You'll love how it feels. You'll love how it tastes. Incredible home-cooked meals with Blue Apron. Don't wait. Because of them, we can do this, and you can have it for free. <laughs> Thanks. And I'm Jeff Snyder, editor-in-chief of The Tracking Board. Uh, please add that to your bookmarks. Subscribe to our newsletters, all that good snuff stuff. You can No you good can, snuff. No, there's no People snuff. People die in there's snuff. There's no snuff. Uh, and you can follow, find me on Twitter at the Snyder. I'll... Um, be sure to rate, comment, subscribe yeah. to the Popcorn but Talk Network. Yeah, Spread tell, the your, words. tell your grandmother. My, my grandmother watches the show. Hi, Nanny. Mine's dead. Uh, happy birthday uh, she is dead. to Big Daddy this week, and uh, have a good weekend, folks. Yeah. From producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, Christian Harloff, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of its owners or principal.